Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we review all of your favorite video game romances. I'm Genesis, the girl who is so happy to be back here with you, V. I've legit missed your face so much. Completely agree. I'm Vervada, the girl who definitely enjoyed the two-week staycation. I actually had free time. I did miss dreaming, though, and seeing your face. And, you know, if I'm being honest, seeing your cat, Maya. For those of you listening to the podcast audio, don't forget you can tune in live on Fridays, usually at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time, (laughs) on Twitch and YouTube, both now. And you can see our faces and Maya, if you're blessed. Um, She's down at... And maybe Mary. Maya is down at my feet right now. I made her like a little miniature bed yes. underneath my desk, and now she loves living there. So I'm okay with that. And I love seeing Mary too. So if you're really lucky, you can see all the kitties at once. And yes, we are now restreaming on both YouTube and Twitch. Hopefully. Uh, more platforms may be <laughs> added at later dates, but right now we're sticking to just the two. Today's episode is a recap and review and a bit of a format change. We will be changing how we rate romances going forward. From now on, I will be rating the physical aspects of the romance, the breakdown of the getting down, and how it was great or how I think it could have been better. And V will be rating the relationship, romantic, companionship side of it. It's basically all the emotional stuff. (laughs) You know how I love that emotional stuff. So in this episode, we will be rating all the romances we've covered so far so that no one gets left out of the new system. The romances we'll be reviewing today are Liara, Caden, Ashley, and Shaira from Mass Effect 1, and Morrigan, Zevran, Alistair, and Leliana from Dragon Age Origins. And on that note... So here's your fucking spoiler alert. All right. And shout out to N7, who never misses an obscure Futurama reference, and who is probably jealous that I had Tonkotsu ramen for dinner tonight. All righty, V, are we ready to talk about all of our previous lovers? Yeah, and for the record, I'm jealous you had Tonkotsu ramen, too. (laughs) It's so good. That sounds great. 
Jace bought us new ramen bowls that are like legit bigger than my face. And I'm like, um, all right. But if we are truly ready. Excellent. Then we have everything we need to open the pod. (laughs) Let's talk about sex, baby. Starting with Liara. For Mass Effect 1 scene, I gave this a 9 out of 10 because it has a variation at the beginning. I love the added effects that are the mind meld. With the other mind melds, we don't really get to see how it can be seen as a sexual thing. Yes, the intimate eye lock, and there is something that the music does that I love. The music itself has a gasp. Like, listen to this. Relax, Commander. I love that the sound effect makes the gasps and not the voice of the actor. But that's a total tangent. Back to those azure moments. I really loved seeing Liara being the initiator because it could have felt very I'm about to fuck my biggest fan. The person who admitted to doing background checks and extranet searches on me. And that might have felt like I was taking advantage of Liara. But the fact that she is the one who pulls you in for a kiss and approaches you pushes her character forward and out of the meek one into a fully control Asari. She starts off way too sweet and innocent for me personally, but I get it. Liara to me has the best sex scene in Mass Effect 1, but her missing nipples still bug me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... She might have the best sex scene. I personally think that she doesn't have, like, the strongest romance side of it. Like, we have touched on this in the episode about Liara, and the same for all the characters that follow. We've touched on their romantic relationship, but like Jen said, this is a recap so we can move into the next episodes with a fresh start. So for me in Mass Effect 1, Liara is pretty much, you know, a fangirl of Shepard. Whether you romance her or not, it feels very much like your first love in high school or something. Like she is a bit obsessed and thinks she's in love, but she's really too young at this point for me to feel like this isn't just that, a high school romance. So I did some math (laughs) earlier because I wanted to know exactly what this ratio broke out to. Asari lived to be a thousand. That's their lifespan. And Liara in Mass Effect 1 is only 106, which is kind of like a baby for them. The average lifespan of a human in Mass Effect is 150. Put in that Shepard um, in Mass Effect 1, she or they are 26 or 27, depending on when their birthday is, which would put them at 18% of the way through their life, given a 150-year lifespan. Liara is only about 10% through hers, which if we compare that to the modern average lifespan of 74 years for a human now, would put Shepard at roughly 14 years old to Liara's eight years old, if they're the same percentage of the way through their lifespan of 74 years, which is kind of gross to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? The same percentage of life for each character would equate to a 14-year-old Shepard and an eight-year-old Liara if the lifespan is 74 years old, if they're both mm-hmm, human, mm-hmm. say. That's yeah, what no, no, like, no. Because Asari lives so long, and an eight-year-old is so different from a 14-year-old. It doesn't seem like that many years apart, but the level of maturity is so different. 
And so, I mean, I know I digress on this, okay. but it just feels like their their place at their life are two totally different places. So it just feels a little icky. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I still think it's really sweet. I just don't... Well, I, I believe them as in love past Mass Effect 1. It doesn't feel very deep. But I'm all- and part of that is just narratively. They didn't explore any relationship very well in Mass Effect 1. Um, the way they do in the, in the second and the third games. But just the way where she's at with her life, too. It just doesn't feel like a serious romance at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, how many people can say, like, I'm with the person I lost my virginity with? Like, not many, probably. No, I... I know I can't, I can't say that. I can't say that, so. but... Uh, my husband's eight years older than me, so <laughs> I can't. I'll, it's not like yeah. we were dating when I was eight and he was sixteen. No, that's no, fucked up. And no. hell no. But but that's the thing is, Liara is at that age. Like she is so young. She like, is, but she, she's also not. We, yeah, it just feels because even if she's only at too soon at 10 percent of her lifespan her mental capacity isn't at 10 percent of her lifespan Mm -hmm. you know she has reached a level of adulthood she's an 18 year old kid yes Mm -hmm. i guess that's why i don't feel like it's very rare and i think if you do end up romancing liara through all three games you can say like we're the relationship that made it like there's plenty of people who've known their spouse since middle school or high school and they've made it and that's really cute and awesome for you but they're definitely not the norm like that is exceptional for that to happen that way my husband's six years older than me but i kind of just joke that's because men mature a little bit slower than Mm -hmm. women so (laughs) we're like at the same point mentally Mm -hmm. so but i i did meet him when i was a full adult yes i was like early 20s yeah yeah. But yeah, no, that's, I mean, I still think it's really cute. It just feels, like I said, with her fangirl stuff, we touched on this in her episode. It just feels a little bit not deep enough and not real enough at this point. I, I definitely change my mind in the next games, though. Like, once Liara, no offense, but once Liara goes through some trauma, I feel like she gets some, she gets some maturity that is needed and, you know, it becomes more serious. And I like that. I mean, I don't like trauma, but I like that they kind of, you know, they have a deeper relationship mm-hmm. because of it. Oh, yeah. Also. No, I totally agree. I definitely think that my views towards a romantic relationship with Liara change in three big time. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that she would, you know, be good at sex, though, because like Asari are very sexually free and seem to do that all the time. And it's totally, you know what I mean? Like they're very open and competent so it makes sense all right should we move on to someone who we made feel human we are important right now shepherd you make me feel human that gasp seriously gets me every single freaking time i love it and this one is a little bit difficult because being completely honest caden's really fucking hot and I appreciate my shepherd being the physical aggressor. I love it when a woman takes charge of what she wants and once given the all clear, just goes for it. 
Caden is there for the ride, and with that voice and that body, yeah, I'd take it for a ride too. So, an 8 out of 10, because it scandalized me in a good way to see myself naked unexpectedly on the screen. But there was nothing that made it special with Caden's biotics. You did it for Liara, why not let Caden do something similar? Especially after learning that he is one of the most powerful L2 biotics out there, a blue eye flare would have gone a long way to say, hey, I'll be lifting something tonight. <laughs> uh, those are like the nice details that I think they got a lot better at adding into once the game, you know, they were like, oh, successful, we can budget for this. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think Caden is cute and their romance is sweet. Just like Ashley's or Liara's, but I think every Mass Effect 1 romance specifically, not talking about games 2 or 3, but every Mass Effect 1 romance is essentially a fangirl meeting their hero for the first time, like an ego boost, and by extension, the player. Shepard's getting an ego boost, and you, the player, getting an ego boost, because everyone around you is like, yay, Shepard, you're the best, oh my god, you know? Yeah. And that's the romances, too. Which I'm kind of like meh about because I think there's a place for that. Um, and it's a video game, so we might as well feel good about ourselves while we're playing it. But I want more of a partnership, mm. which, you, you like I said, you get them later on in the games. But right now in this first game, it feels uneven. Shepard's in charge. Everyone is your subordinate. Everyone is less accomplished than you. Um, less experienced than you in Liara's case, you know. So, and probably Cadence, too, because he's led a very sheltered life of, up until this point, mm. like a romantically inexperienced. We don't know Shepard's past necessarily, but we know for sure Liara's never been with anybody before. And Caden... Caden alludes uh, to aside it. Aside from that one girl. Yeah, he alludes to having, like, a crush on this girl. But they were children. Mm. And then he got kicked out of that camp because he killed Right, Turian. but no, but uh, conversations so. that he has with Broshep, he he fesses up that he's had sex with women before. Like, I remember that was a conversation that we had. Oh, from... Yeah, because they were... In the later uh, They were talking about Caden wanting to flirt with Liara. And, yeah. Well, like I said, it's kind of an imbalance of power. And in the later games, that's not so much of an issue because everyone has gone off to do their own accomplishments in kind of like a sad way and that Shepard died for that to happen. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it makes it makes that's why I think the relationships take on a different complexity in the later games is because they're no longer just Shepard's shadow. Some of them more so than others, like Garrus, for sure. Big shadow. Caden, big shadow, whoever survives Vermeer, basically, mm-hmm. they were in the shadow, and then they come out of it and do their own thing. But back to Caden, I personally, like I said in his episode, not that fond of him as a romance, but I appreciate that there are a lot of people who are very fond of Caden. And I'm really happy that he does have more added to his story if he survives beyond Vermeer. But in Mass Effect 1, he's just the lost puppy attaching himself, basically, to Shepard. He needs approval and validation, like, don't we all? But he's a lot. I mean, I get it. He's had a traumatic life. But it just feels, like I was saying, it just feels uneven. Like, he's put you on a pedestal. So, I don't... 
I think if it hadn't, like Shepard hadn't died and they hadn't gone off and done their own thing, then that relationship probably wouldn't have lasted that long. If they had like hunky dory, everything was fine. Shepard's on a pedestal. That would probably get old after a while. Oh you my know? gosh. Like my mundane moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. We will get to those later. Um, but I think now it's time to sass things up a little bit. Well, now that's a whole new spin for on the floor and give me 20, huh? <laughs> The little giggle at the end. <laughs> okay. Objectively, this is a good scene. I love me a female initiator. Again. <laughs> but again, it falls in the same category as Caden. Even if I had seen the Ash scene first, there's nothing special about it. There are no power plays. They don't even let her take her bun down. I mean, who the hell has sex with their hair like that? That is going to cause a sore neck and be very distracting. <laughs> with two people, I expected to be, I don't know, a roughness to their sex. I could be projecting here, but her sass leads me to believe that Ashley would not be as vanilla as this scene makes her seem. But I can't do her dirty. Her face is holding the right expression of seduction, and her body moves the right way in the crawl. 8 out of 10 for me. Still a good scene. Oh, and one thing that I noticed today, because I was re-watching every scene so that way I could get another fresh view on it. They gave Ashley beauty marks, like little moles on her body. And I was like, how did I not catch that the first time? I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. It's a nice touch. Yeah, she's got one on her hip. I like, I actually think Ashley's my favorite romance in the first game now after our, after our episodes about them. Oh, also, I think her kink is a dirty talk because don't you remember all those like really bad military sex puns? Mm -hmm. Those are pretty bad. <laughs> I, didn't... I listened to them all again today. Um, <laughs> we'll try, well, getting that. Yeah, they are cringy at AF, but they're great. But, um, like I said, in both Caden and Ashley's episodes, as a military veteran myself, I'm kind of ick about fraternization, but no one cares in the Alliance military, even though they always say, and they constantly allude to it being an issue. It literally never is an issue. They all fraternize with no second thoughts. Her romance in Mass Effect 1 is sh a bit shallow, though, just like they all are. And I think that their strength in the first game is that they're very sexually compatible. But the relationship isn't there yet. It gets there if she survives. Yeah, it's kind of, it's probably the strongest one for me, though, just because she feels less like, oh, I love you so much, Shepard. And, and she, she's, she openly challenges Shepard and it feels a lot more equal, which is something that I personally like mm -hmm. in a romance. So, I mean, if you're a fan of having an unequal balance of power or like somebody is like the clear leader and someone's a clear follower, perhaps the R and Caden romances do it for you. But for me, I, I do like Ashley and the fact that she is very strong and very capable and opinionated. So just, it feels better. It feels equal footing to me. Yeah, I get it. Uh, and are we done, or should we have a quickie? And now I must ask you to leave. I have done everything I can for you. <laughs> like, damn, this one is quick, hot, and for the first time is very unexpected. 
If a paid for by deeds one shot is your thing, solid 7 out of 10. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I just wish it could be a repeat mission. Why can't I get on the list? Even if I will be technically dead when the six month mark comes up, there could be cancellations. I mean, yeah, there's no comment romance for me because it's not a romance. It's just sex. Just sex. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not a romance. So nothing to write. You know, I mean, good, good on them, though. <laughs> Looked like they had a good time. A la Titanic. <sighs> Um, before we move on to Dragon Age Origins, do we want to take a little bit of a mid-break and read out the first review of the year? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry, and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And always remember... Swooping is bad. Once upon a time... Twenty-seven years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. Once Upon a Wasteland is their story. Follow Elizabeth Kirby and Odessa Valdez as they pursue their happily ever after in the post-apocalyptic Appalachian wasteland of Fallout 76. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcasting platforms. Once Upon a Wasteland, a Fallout 76 love story. Available now. Leave us reviews, everyone. Yes. Uh, this one's from Teacup. Do you want to read it? or? Oh, yeah. I can read the review from Teacup. Teacup says, Title, A Great Podcast. Five, Five stars. stars. <laughs> a great look at the romances in video games. This podcast is a breath of fresh air, diving into the sappy, lovey-dovey, and sometimes not suitable suitable for work, side of some of my favorite video games this podcast has truly enchanted my experience of the games i play as i look at them from a romantic point of view keep up the good work bye teacup i just smiled really big because when when they use the word enchanted i just couldn't help but think of enchantment from sandal which is a character from dragon age i know Um, that guy yeah i'm sure you've met him (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's a whole conspiracy theory about sandal and 
It's great. You should look it up if you haven't. Oh, uh, I think I've seen bits and pieces of it, actually. Because mm-hmm. he, like, shows up in, in later games and, like, murders a whole bunch of people. Oh, I thought it was, like, he's the maker or something. Like, he's... Or he's an old... Or he's an old elven guy. I can't even remember what it is. <laughs> I should... Oh. I acted like I knew what it was. I freaking don't remember, but it was a great. I remember being like, "Wow, that's interesting. I like that theory." I just don't remember what it is because I have a goldfish memory. Everything is forgotten. Hmm. Are we ready for the big announcement? Cuz I don't know oh, yeah, when sure, you can do that. I don't know when we're going to go live with it. We will be fully announcing the fact that we are starting our Patreon account. Uh, We've got a lot of it built out and we are almost ready to go, but we're kind of building out the tier levels and making it perfect for you guys because we want our shipsters, shipmates, clam jammers, and all of our (laughs) biggest fans out there to be able to to have secret access to some secret secrets. Um, And we do want to start having a monthly Patreon episode where we can get you guys on to talk about your favorite romances and relationships, uh, people that you wish were romanceable, all of the different things. And we want to be able to include you guys with it because talking with you guys in the Discord is awesome. We want to be able to bring you onto the show. And Patreon is one of the best ways for us to do that. So, should we get back into it with Dragon Age Origins? Miss Morrigan, what does it mean? Beauty and love are fleeting and have no meaning. Survival has meaning. Power has meaning. Without those lessons, I would not be here today, as difficult as they might have been. Without those lessons, I would not be here today. All right. Two scenes for the price of one. The relationship scene to me, 8 out of 10. I don't like the stiffness of her gorgeous body, but I understand that that was a game limitation. Jiggle mechanics weren't a thing yet. I wanted more from it, of course, because it is just one of the stock romance scenes that all origin romances get. But it feels right to me. Again, I love a female initiator, and Morrigan just does it for me. The second scene. Optional second scene. The Dark Ritual is a lower score for me because I wanted it to be witchy. You call it a Dark Ritual, and there's absolutely nothing to indicate it. Give me an inkling that you aren't just asking to sleep with Alistair because you heard of how good he is. 5 out of 10. Meh. Yeah, there needs to be like a pentacle, some some herbs, candles, you know. <laughs> and the fact it's, that it was on a bed. The dark was on a bed. Yeah, I'm like, this needs to be like, there needs to be a bonfire. You need to have like, be in the woods. I Something. don't know. A goat needs to be sacrificed. Right? <laughs> then she's not even like, wearing like a magical some, pendant or anything that's supposed I to like know. something. With all all the years of history that you can pull from from different pagan paths and witchcraft and you give us a wooden bed and she blows out a candle. She blows out a candle. <laughs> like the most opposite thing. Anyway, we did get a bioware body crawl. Those are always good. Yeah, I, I, 
I live for witch aesthetic, aesthetic, so I would have liked more of that. Um, also, I don't really like Morgan's romance, just because, just because it's kind of a shit romance. Like, she leaves at the end of the game, and you never get to romance her again. Maybe in the Witch Hunt DLC, like, we just can pretend that they live happily ever after on the other side of the Alluvian. Um, but otherwise, it's 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 over kind of bad um also for me i think it's just far more rewarding to befriend her rather than to romance her because she has literally never known love in her life and i think it's much more healing to platonically love her prior to her having a romance especially because it's so complicated at that time she can't stay she has all these different things she has to do. So it's just kind of sad. You know, I want her to have some happiness, and I think it's best if she just has a friend. Yeah. I get it. On to my favorite. My only rule regarding sex is that it be done well. Best line ever in a video game. We'll be using that clip <laughs> in every episode moving forward. <laughs> 10 out of 10 on everything I would fuck Zev. My rating, my bias, my rules, I don't care. 10 out of 10. It doesn't matter that it's the same scene. Zev is hot and the possibilities are endless with him. There's a gentleness and a strength. I love that there is variety variety between the male romance scenes and the female romance scenes. Yes, it's just body swaps. But to me, that means somebody actually paid attention to the fact that sex doesn't always look the same. Switch hitters are a thing, and I thank Bioware for showing that. 10 out of 10. (laughs) I don't want to derail us too much. I don't know what a switch hitter is. Oh, honey. (laughs) I am the vanilla baby of this show. But I will say that I, too, would have sex with Severin just so he could like spice it up for me a little bit um (laughs) like explain your world to me zevran but yeah i also think he's a fantastic romance like so i mean he's kind of like a stereotypical romance novel romance but they call him romance novels for a reason bro okay he's fiercely loyal he never takes another lover if your warden dies or something happens like he is loyal to the end. He is so supportive because it's not just emotional needs, guys. It's it's physical needs. And he gives you not just great sex, but massages. Mm-hmm. I love me some massages. I will mm-hmm. take every massage he offers me. He is literally set free by this love. He's always been a slave, essentially. Like, he was a slave. Um... He was bought by the Antivan Crows. He was born into servitude at, like, the son of a whore in Antiva. And you set him free if you romance him. He gets to choose something for the first time. And it's amazing. It's just, it's great. It's great. Also, great accent. Love your accent, bro. Oh. Yes. That voice. I mean, we talked about the whole, like, trope of having the latin lover thing and that's why they made him have a spanish accent for the game blah 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 i know why it exists shorthand for communicating things about the character but it works it works it works (laughs) he's he's sexy automatically Mm -hmm. 
Should we talk about other Mr. Sexy? Mm-hmm. Yes, my personal favorite. Well, tell me, have you ever licked a lamppost in winter? <laughs> I went with the funnier version of it because I just love it how he says it the second time. A lamppost in winter. Oh, he's so cute. I can't stand it. Oh, and that is another great scene. There's so much build up to it and it feels important. There's weight to the decision to have a physical romance with Alistair. And by all accounts, the man learns quickly. I gave it a 10 out of 10 too because it's sweet and organic and the music fits and swoon. Now for the second scene, uh, the threesome scene, so it's optional scene, I have to give it a lower score of 3 out of 10. 3 out of 10 for the three-way. Because the dialogue is good, but there's nothing for me to talk about. Three points for three good-looking people who look to have fun. Yeah. I will never stop loving Alistair. He was my first video game love. He is eternal. I mean, for me, what really, what really does it for me romantically is I love vulnerable and sensitive men in Alistair is that he is not weak. He is not overly emotional or anything like that. He is in tune with his feelings. He's communicative. He's also highly competent and confident as well. Secretly, gr not so secretly, great in bed, which is awesome. The thing we talked about in his episode of how he obviously listens to what you want and adapts and learns and just gets better. It's so great. And um, I, like I said in his episode, obviously have a thing for gingers. My husband is ginger. Alistair is a ginger. Love him. He's funny. He's adorable. I stan him and Queen Kusland, if your warden is the noble human and you marry him and become queen of Ferelden. Love that power couple. I can't I just can't. There's no topping Alistair, <laughs> like, in Dragon Age for me. I just love him so much. He's so amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was a complete mental derail off of one of your word choices, and I promise I will explain oh. to your little vanilla oh, brain no. later. Okay, I am worried because I couldn't even see what word you reacted to because my other window was over your face at the time. So I didn't even see when you had the reaction. Oh, uh, no. I, despite being like an adult with a child and like, you know, existing on the internet, I still don't know a lot about a lot. I don't know how. It's okay. I'm gullible and naive. That's why you have me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> the opposite in all the best ways. Yes. Okay. Should we move on to... Actually, this one's a really good line, too. I like this one when mm. I went back to listen to Liliana stuff. This day, we will forge a legend of our own. This day, we will forge a legend of our own. I want to like Liliana. I really do. But to me, it just doesn't hold the same weight. You don't have to try hard to get her to show her emotions like you do with Morgan. 
You have to grow your emotional connection with Alistair before he'll even want to move forward physically. Zeb tells you right from the get-go that he's interested. But with Liliana, it just falls in between all of them. Six out of ten. Because it's not special, there's no variation between your scenes as a male warden or a female warden, and that just pisses me off all over again. But it's still a decent scene. But again, women who have sex with other women don't have sex the same way that they do with men. One frame in particular really just shows me that they didn't put any thought into what lesbians do. They should have done some research. (laughs) But, and as far as her romance goes, I don't want anyone to come for me. Please don't come for me because I don't hate this romance. Um, And I don't hate Leliana, but I definitely get what you're saying about how she kind of just latches on. Like, that's her whole thing. We talked about it in her episode. She is like, she has this void of personality because of what she's been through that she is so quick to make to, to in order to feel secure and safe. She's so quick to latch onto things. And I think she kind of does that with the warden as well. And it almost because Leliana, as we know her in origins is not the Leliana of her past, either being raised as a child by, um, cannot remember the name of the Orlesian noble lady who she was with. Marjolaine. And she's not, no, not Marjolaine, the lady who raised her um, in Orlais before she went off with Marjolaine. Like that Leliana of her youth and the the Leliana that she was as a bard with Marjolaine and then the Leliana you meet in Origins, they're all different people. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't really know who she is. She is young when you meet her in Origins. Um, older than Alistair though she is older than baby Alistair (laughs) but she with her fervor for things because she latches onto things so quickly she always kind of feels a bit fake to me and that could be because she's so used to having a mask from living in LA and being a different person and being a bard essentially but I don't really know like you I don't want to say like she gives off insane vibes because that's a, that's like a really strong way of saying it, but you just really never know how she's actually feeling. And she gets super, super jealous. If you romance her, if you ever pay any attention to anyone else. Um, so that is kind of mm, not preferable. Um, you want like a stable, constant, confident person, but I do love her hopeless romantic heart. I really think that is her strength. Like she sees the beauty in everything and is innocent and naive without being, or not naive. She's innocent and pure without being naive. I should say she is a wide eyed idealist. And that is a nice counterpoint to all the shit going on in Dragon Age origins and inquisition. When we see her again, she's a little bit, She's a little bit tougher then, but she still has that, like, I'm here to do good thing about her. And that's, that is really like, I like that about her. But as a romance in Origins, eh, I don't know. It's like average. Six out of ten, five out of ten. Yeah. No, I get it. So that brings us up to date. We are ready to move on. Out of Mass Effect 1, out of Dragon Age Origins, eh, I know. 
Yeah, and on to Mass Effect 2. I'm really excited. We've been been waiting for this one. Right? (laughs) Okay. But as for like an overall recap for me, I would like to say that it's pretty obvious by now that I'm a Mass Effect girl. Hands down, it has hit my top three of all-time favorite game series. I'm a Mass Effect girl. But that being said, I think Dragon Age Origins does romance better than Mass Effect. Bioware took notes and feedbacks and made the relationships more real. Adding dialogue that can happen at any time to express affection? Love it. Every time I load up my Origin playthrough, I kiss my boyfriend and then start working on the next quest. Accomplish my next task? Your desire is my every command. And I'm like, yes, please. Kisses all damn day. And at very inappropriate moments, too. Are we both naked and covered in blood? Come here and let me grab a hilarious screenshot. And then I try to end every session back at the camp so we can hit up that tent before in real life me also goes to bed. But it's details like that which make it a more complete romance than the literal one completed physical intimacy moment we get in our Mass Effect 1 romances. The interrupted kiss doesn't count. So I'm still a Mass Effect girl, hands down. But I think Origins gives me a little bit more in the romance department. Mm-hmm. In Mass Effect I... 1 only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, I think it's clear that it's clear from us, anecdotal evidence, and, you know, our, if you haven't listened to the episode with Heidi McDonald, you should, because we talk about this a little bit in there. But um, Bioware does it so well and they're popular because that's such a big part of the games it's not just a little like blip on the radar or not even included and i think the reason that dragon age for me because i totally agree dragon age origins i think did romance better than mass effect one to be fair origins came out in 2009 uh mass effect one came out 2007 so like you said they took notes they updated it so it's a little bit more recent but i think like what Heidi said in our episode with her when she was like, a lot of people get frustrated because if there is a romance included after you've slept with them or after you've got them to romance you, there's nothing else to indicate that you're in a relationship with them mm-hmm. in the game. It's like never mentioned again. And that to me, if that happens in a game is so frustrating because I want those little moments, like you said, where you can just run up and camp, kiss Alistair whenever you want or whatever, whoever you're romancing because it feels much more real that way. And it's just such a more, it's a much more satisfying romance because it's truly a romance. It's not just you courting somebody Mm -hmm. or trying to sleep with them, essentially. It's more than that. And that's what a romance is. Sex is fine and sex is wonderful. But if you want to call it a romance, you need to have some love and you need to have like a relationship so I think it's really great also in Origins that you had to work for it a little bit more. You had to, it wasn't just like, all right, talk to them enough, do their loyalty mission, and then you romance them. Like you had to pick certain dialogue options for certain outcomes to happen. You had to work harder for it. They had gifts, like you could give them gifts, which mm-hmm. was a whole new thing too. So between those two games, I definitely think Origins is a stronger romance. But 
as much I mean I love Dragon Age but I love the fact that Mass Effect has the ability to transcend games and you can have a years long relationship with somebody mm-hmm. that is awesome and I can't think of another game series where that really exists so it's a standalone for me in that regard we'll get into who our favorite we happen to agree on who our favorite is for Mass Effect and I definitely think after in two and three they got real good at adding those touches in in certain romances anyway to make it feel like it continued after you've locked them in oh yeah definitely lock them in is such a weird phrase but that's the way they call it well yeah there's the romance lock-in scene and i still think Mm -hmm. it's strange that you need to harden people in origins so you know yeah such a good such a good pick of word mary mary they're gonna hear you Oh, it's okay. My cat is here. Maya has been at my feet this whole time. You just yeah, can't see Yeah, so is Mary, and he finally jumped up. Normally in my lap. Yeah, I can't wait for our next game that we start, but we still have a little bit of time before we get into Mass Effect 2. Mm-hmm. Because next week, we have another interview lined up. And this one has been in the works for quite a while. We started this conversation. Actually, I can probably look really quick. Just because I want the least. Um, holy shit! Back in November, November Mm. (laughs) tenth. At least that's when I started the conversation. Three days after our (laughs) after our first episode came out. Uh, yeah, so three days after our first episode c- came out, I had a conversation with somebody really freaking awesome. It was like, love to have you on the podcast, dude. I feel like you have some stories to share and um, a lot of people would be interested in them. Uh, so he is a Mass Effect lore cast uh, patron. He has appeared on several of those episodes, is pretty damn active in the Discord, and Mr. Pipeman of Pipeman Studios will be joining us next week to have a full-on conversation about how relationships and romances in video games can also affect the real world, and how the how video games can definitely affect the outside world. In your real life. Along those lines. I know what we're going to be talking about, but I just can't really articulate it all that well. Thanks, wine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I've had too much whiskey. I don't, because I think Jen's been talking to him directly. And I am the oblivious um, girl on the sidelines, I guess, snuggling cats. You remember the story that Pipe Man told in the, his uh, reflection? Yeah, I figured. That I is, figured it was about that. Yeah. So if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to the Mass Effect Lorecast. Or just wait till next Friday, I guess. <laughs> just wait. And he, or if you're in the future, it's already out, and just scroll up to the next episode. That too. <laughs> <laughs> and Vito Veritas. Mm-hmm. But you can find us in the same Discord as well. We have our own Two Girls, One Ship Discord and the Robots Radio Rocket Club. Um, and I'm at Vervada, obviously. Genesis is at Genesis. 
also we got Instagram, we got Twitter, mm-hmm. two girls, one ship. And if Discord isn't your thing, or if you're not on any social medias and you're just listening to us on Spotify, um, you can also reach us at two girls one ship at gmail.com. That's totally an option because we'd love to get your stories. If you listened to us to our episode last week with Heidi, we talked about how I would love to see mundane moments between our favorite video game romance characters. And I brought this up on our Discord and I wanted to share the one that Lena shared because I thought it was hilarious. She's like, now I'm wondering if Caden and Shepard would fight over how a steak has got to be served. It needs to be medium rare. Oh my fucking God, I'm not having this conversation again. It needs to be medium for fuck's sake. And then I was added, and you don't need hot sauce, damn it. But if you have other mundane moments that you wish you could have seen between your two favorite video game romance characters, shoot us an email. Give us a tweet. Follow us up on the Discord. Show me your stories. And we'll read them out in a future episode. Or so. just send us pictures of your cats. That I too. would like that. Show us your <laughs> kitties. Show us your kitties. Alright, well, thanks for listening. And remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller. Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, a podcast about all things Legend of Zelda, from Errol to Zora, and all the fun things in between. If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about the Legend of Zelda lore and everything surrounding it, come join us on the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We hope to see you soon.